We have not anticipated fans taking the entire can and upending it. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. My plan is to cry a lot and then, no, I'm actually going to do well. Who am I kidding? I'm great. Thankfully, the Red Bulls decided to score some points. I personally am not trying to be a homer or anything, but uh, Joe Rallis. Portland shouldn't be on the playoffs this year because they can't get their act together. 11 mils sitting on your bench, just sitting there when you could invest it into any other position. Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of Double Game Week 22 and preview of round 23. This episode is brought to you by the Fantasy 1%, because that's who you had to be if you wanted to see Green Arrows this week. Oof. Uh, No, Uh, actually brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the wonderful community of r slash fantasy MLS over at Reddit. I'm your host, Reed Connolly, from MLS Fantasy Boss, and I'm joined tonight by Andrew Crawlard, Michael Denton, and Jason Wiskovich. How are you gentlemen doing tonight? Good, good. Yeah, good. Happy to have you guys back on here. Uh, and it's been a little while for Andrew, and, and Jason had a little bit of a baby break last week. Mike's putting in some double duty and looking forward to hearing his injury report this week and maybe some explanations on why some guys didn't appear on the notification last week. Do you want something more than because of MLS? Uh, well, if it's funny, I mean, I always appreciate it good because of MLS. That's... <laughs> That's, a, that's the excuse we all expect. Uh, but since we're already talking about it, uh, double game week, 22, uh, what were your overall impressions of this round? Harrison or bust? <laughs> Man, I'm so bummed that that actually paid off for some of you chumps. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm bummed because I had question on the bench, and for some reason I guess I didn't save it. I thought I had Steris on the bench as well. Um, and question in, so I missed out on what questions, uh, what do you have, 9, 10, 14 points. So that would have propelled me in the top, like, 10 for this game week. But nice. nonetheless, um, I was pretty excited. Geo did what Geo does. <laughs> um, Javier Morales, I think, is a fantastic, uh, had a fantastic game week. Um <coughs> Of course you did. Yeah. He was, like, come on, he, was, he was on the rise. He was, it, was, it was time for him to peak. Exactly. Um, other than that, though, I think that you know everything played out pretty standard. And I have to say about that Harrison pick, it's like you don't pick that guy thinking he's going to go crazy for you. He's so cheap that he's, he's like a great fifth defender to have just hanging around in the wings and maybe do a switcheroo with. Exactly. So no hate. No hate there, Andrew. But, Andrew, Seattle, claps all around. Well done. Ladero is legit. No, he plays for L.A. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry. Uh, keep, keep the script. No, no comedy. Uh, yeah, overall impressions, Mike? I was kind of surprised as, as many people jumped on the Javier Morales train because at the beginning of the week kind of judging by chat, everyone was like, no, I'm staying away from RSL, staying away. Then Javier <coughs> Morales started getting points. I'm like, yay, I'm going to get green arrows, and then no. <laughs> but as far as the games, that was kind of what I expected. New England and Chicago both mailed it in. 
So double game week players were really valuable to have this time. I, I was uh, I was surprised with how well RSL produced uh, the Toronto RSL game. Ended sort of like I thought it would be. I honestly thought Toronto would do better in that first game against RSL, but I didn't expect a lot from from those players there. Um, and then they did do well in that game against Chicago, which is what I was banking on when I brought in Javier Morales. And like I said, he had gotten a couple of good scores in his previous two game weeks, so I was thinking that, hey, he's a very competent player, very good fantasy point production in the past when he's been playing it healthy, that perhaps he was about to sort of peak, so... I thought it was a good risk. I'm glad it paid off. Wish I had gone a little bit heavier in some of the other positions, but I because I only had Geo as my only other fantasy player, but I captained him and was very pleased there. The the letdown I think of of the week and either from either side of the bench here of the fandom was that LA New York Red Bulls game. I have to say. Yep. Nothing. Nothing from Keen. Minimum from question that he did get some good points, but he finally got there in assist. Um, but just the late goals and just the the rage I felt through Reddit from so many fans that just just not happening. But definitely a big surprise for me. We'll get to a question from that a little bit later. Uh, any other surprises you guys you guys found uh, except for maybe the key player missing in Orlando? Or is that it? Is the Molino absence the, the biggest surprise of, of this week? Kind of surprised is Orlando didn't do better against Seattle. I was expecting a much higher scoring game, especially when they came out and scored a goal real quick and then they just kind of laid over. That, that well, was it should have been a much more high scoring game mm-hmm. for Seattle because we screwed up <laughs> so many, like, open goal. Oh, that hit the post. Are you kidding? <laughs> hey, Dempsey got his hat trick, so. You got there. That's what happens when you let Jordan Morris hang out with Jossie Zardes. You know. It actually wasn't Morris. It was Valdez. And it would have been another assist to Ladero on that play, too, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> well, that's what you get for signing Valdez. <laughs> yeah, I guess. That is what I get. Is I guess it's a, just impressive how much of a difference that that one player has made Ladero for them, or is he just the missing piece that they needed? Um, a big part of it is that he was the missing piece, and the other big part is that Siggy's gone. I, I think there were quite a few of our uh, more high-profile players that were not too happy with Siggy's leadership, and it was showing on the field, and now that he's gone, they are playing hard again. <clears throat> Clint Dempsey. <laughs> I, we knew who you were talking about. <laughs> Well, that's great. It uh, definitely throws some more questions up, I think, into the fantasy oh barrel when you're going through there. I don't know that I'm looking for that that word of that that basket that spins around with being go. I, I got nothing. I got nothing tonight, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, but so fantasy takeaways. I guess the one I'm going to throw out, which we've been hinting at, is Seattle viable again from a fantasy point of view? Yes. No. <laughs> they had one. They had they had one good game. Uh, I think that the. Okay, two out of how many we played this year? What twenty? Out of two that matter right now. <laughs> Every game matters. Every well, game I matters. I did say viable now. I, I, <laughs> go ahead. Okay. I, I still think that I mean you know, Seattle's boomer bust. Uh, I think Ladero or however you say his name, he's yeah he's good, but 
Seattle um, have uh, they play at home against RSL, at home against Portland, and then they're away at Houston and away at Portland, and then have a bye, and then are away again and have World Cup qualifier. So Dempsey and Morris will probably be gone. Uh, the only viable option would be that the Ladero guy, if anything, but I'd rather spend my $11.5 million somewhere else on a double game week player or a team that does not have a buy. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough, Mike. How do you weigh in on the Seattle question? Um, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get Ladero into my squad. I think I've seen enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if Jordan Morris and the Valdez could finish, uh, I mean, he, he'd He'd be a must-have, um, and a, with, with Seattle not having a buy until 27, you know, he's one of the players you can take hold. Plus, I think he's also one of the players. I mean, this is later on down the line. Who has a double game week in is it 32 or 31, and then plays in that one bye week with like there's only 16 playing. So, I, I want someone from Seattle to be good. So if he's good, good for us. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. And then if anyone's wondering, I did skip the point where we are talking about how our teams did since all of us are in the head-to-head league, and we'll all wrap that up near the bottom. But I think everyone had some pretty strong scores. you got to answer that now on, on, <laughs> on air. Got to answer it. No. <laughs> I just declined it. <laughs> nice. Very nice. But, yeah, I think we all had some good scores, so I, I think that would be worth a little chat at the end. So that means we're going to move right into housekeeping. So first thing to note, uh, this is a regular week. Nothing fancy. All, all the teams are playing. No buys, no double games. Just going to be a great weekend of soccer for everyone to have. No no Wednesday games. That's, that's the best part. Uh, the next couple of weeks are all like this. So just enjoy a regular schedule and an entire week to do all of your planning. Uh, and now, here's Mike with the injury report, courtesy of MLS Injury News. Okay, well, uh, I'll start off with the discipline. Um, let's see. Kofi for New England, he's going to be suspended, yellow card accumulation. Mateos for Orlando, also yellow card accumulation, although I think Orlando fans would be happy about that. Uh, Espinoza, uh, supporting Kansas City, yellow card accumulation as well. And then Chara and Mustafar both got red cards. Um, as far as warning, Lade, Philippe, Zubar, and Grella are still on yellow card warning. And Rivas and Powell should be getting off of a yellow card warning. And uh, whenever MLS discipline updates, I'll let you know who is now on warning for yellow card. Um, as far as injury goes, uh, let's start off with the Red Bulls because they got three injuries this week. Bradley Wright Phillips had to come off early. Uh, Lade had a knee problem. Perinel had to come off after 20 minutes. Then the, the injury that I think hurt a lot of managers. Molino picked up a hamstring injury. In training. Uh. And um, I, I guess we should have expected it because Jason Kreis is from the Bruce Arena School of Injury Disclosures and the Jurgen Klinsmann School of Hamstring Training. So, you know. <laughs> oh, that's, that's horrible. I think the real thing is we should have expected it because it's MLS. Yeah, because MLS and, you know, because no one's there at training on Saturdays, you know. But we wouldn't be able to know it by transfer deadline anyways, apparently. Um, let's see. Wingert had a left arm or shoulder issue. I don't know if Jason knows anything more about what, what's up with him. But he left early. 
Uh, Latou for now Colorado is has back pain, so he's questionable for this weekend. Jermaine Jones has an LCL issue. Um, they've they haven't given a timetable for that yet. Um, Valentine for Portland is two weeks with a bone bruise. Um, Zemanski two to three weeks with a growing injury. Uh, Ridgewell suffered some sort of setback. Uh, no timetables given. He was supposed to be playing uh, this weekend, but he didn't. Uh, Zardes missed the 18 this week, but he should be back soon. Um, uh, Melia practiced, but has still has some issues with back spasms. He didn't play last week. Um, Mena is still out with the hamstring issue, and Moderita is close for New York City after his ankle issue. And that's all I have. If y'all have any injuries that I missed, make sure to tweet me at MLS Injury News. Very nice. You know, the other thing I'll point out uh, about Kreis and Arena is apparently both of them subscribe to the idea that statistics uh, don't matter in soccer because uh, Orlando dropped this game against Seattle, which they should have been, have probably have done much better in. And uh, L.A. did not win at home in a lot of those goals. So, uh, yeah, it comes back and back, bites you in the butt at the end. So, karma, that's what you guys just got. Karma. That's right. Math counts. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Take it. Uh, guys, any other announcements before we move on? Negative. Negative. Good. Excellent recap, Mike, as always. And, of course, everyone can catch Mike's recap of all of his recaps at MLS Fantasy Boss when we get closer to actual kickoff time. And then, as always, at this point, I'm going to stop and thank everyone who donates to our podcast at Patreon. For those of you who don't know what this is, you're probably new, and so thanks for listening. Uh, but Patreon is kind of like Kickstarter, except it's for creators of content like ourselves here at MLS Fantasy Insider. And what you can do is if you like what we do, then you can help support us with money. And we use that money to help cover the fees that we have at SoundCloud and to make cool swag that I send out to people like Mike, who sponsor us. Isn't that right, Mike? Yep. Got my sticker. He got a sticker. I am getting ready to order some mugs, uh, some pint glasses that we're going to have sent out to a couple people. And uh, we'd like to do things like that for our, our patrons. And we're also working on getting some prizes for our league this year, thanks to the generous donations of people who follow us on Patreon. If you would like to become one of those and, and get your own MLS Fantasy Insider swag, then head over to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash MLSFI. And regardless if you donate or not, every little bit helps. I will still love you just for you listening to our show. Jason won't, though. Nope. But I love you if you donate. There it is. Yes, you do. I have to. <laughs> I have to. It's part of his contract. He has to love you if you donate. That's <laughs> just what it is. It's a fact. Okay, guys, round 23 questions. Got a few that have come in from Reddit and Twitter. So we're going to cover those here and just get your thoughts real quick. So first in our Keepers and Defenders sections, just a general question because we always have so few questions about Keepers and Defenders. So of the teams that have no buy rounds coming up in rounds 25 and 27, so that's Chicago, Columbus, D.C., L.A., New England, and Philly, uh, a, few people, a few people wanted to know which ones of these teams do we think have the best potential to help fill in the gaps that people will have in their squads? Well, I think you, you probably start with the LA Galaxy players. You might want to have four Galaxy players on your team. You know, Rowe, 
Steres in the def in defense, um, Gerard in midfield, and then Keane up top. Um, which we'll get to Keane a little bit later. Um, I, I would probably have a core of probably about those four players just to, to prevent the rotations. As far as other players, um, Miram for uh, Columbus has been consistent. He hasn't been explosive, but um, he's he's pretty cheap, you know. So if you're looking for someone to replace uh, Molino with, um, he's an option. Pontius uh, for Philly ha has scored a lot. Uh, we don't quite know what the midfield is going to look like with uh, Bedoya, but he he's been producing pretty consistently. That I think he'd be a decent option. I think he's at seven point eight. Um, as forward, uh, I'm going to go with the New Orleans native uh, as a rotation option, Patrick Mullins, uh, 6.8. He started both games since he was traded from New York City to D.C. Um, he's traditionally been strong as long as he's got playing time, and it seems like at D.C. he's going to get playing time. And once they get uh, Buonique, uh into the system, that should be a better offense. So, I mean, it's a little bit of a flyer because he hasn't had that much time playing this year, but yet it's 6.8. You could probably put him in as a, a third or fourth striker and just kind of rotate him in, um, just to, uh, or do some transfers. Um, and going into these 25 and 27 weeks, you're just going to try to reduce as many transfers as you got. So th those would be the picks that I've seen so far. What do y'all have? I think that sounds pretty good. Um, also, there's always the cheap Philly defenders if you need a defender. Um, they're not great, but they're cheap. So their value goes up a bit because of that. Yeah, and same goes to Chicago. Uh, DC's defenders are a little more high uh, price point, but I believe it was you, Mike, that said last week, um, or it was you or Blaine, uh, that said we're talking about Kemp uh, at DC. Um, he had a monster game last week. Um, New England, you got Woodbury, Philly, Rosenberry, the Berries. Um but but really, I mean, you know, I, a lot of you should probably already have Steris and Campbell and maybe even Rosenberry or Woodbury, so I think you should be pretty set in the back line. Good. I'd, I'd be wary, though, of uh, the New England defense. They have been rough times this season. Uh, I, I don't know. New England's a team that's... Uh, not not really high on my radar as far as picking players. Maybe win if you really want a differential, but uh, they they've had some tough times. Tough times. But uh, guys, who are you going to pick for your keepers and defenders for this round? Um, for for keeper, uh, I'm trying to decide for myself between um, either Rowe or Bono because Bono has um, a match at Houston, and Houston has no interest in scoring goals. Um, but Roe has Colorado, so I'm, I'm kind of of two minds trying to decide between myself. But I think if you have one of those two keepers, and most people do, you know, obviously stick with them. As far as the defenders, probably just, you know, the, the ones we've been talking about. Perez, um, Hoberry, um, and I have a Toronto defender, um, Moro, so I'll probably keep him even though he got rotated last match. So my picks, keeper, I'm going with Rowe. Um, also taking Steres and Zimmerman. And I think if I were to transfer somebody else in this week, it'd have to be Jobin Jones from Seattle. Seattle Homer coming out in full force. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, keeper is Rowe. 
and defender is Steris. I really also do like uh, Kemp from DC. Um, DC uh, have a pretty um, pretty tough stretch of the next three games. They're at home against Portland, home against New York, away at Montreal. Um, but I think that uh, you know Kemp's attacking ability, set piece ability, and um, goal scoring ability um, sets him apart. He is expensive. I believe he's eight point eight. I think he's eight or eight point one. Um, and then I like Campbell for Chicago just for the cheap option, but be wary because they do have a U.S. Open Cup match, um, I believe, on Wednesday. So not sure what the rotation will be like. So keep an eye on that. It's actually Tuesday. No, oh, Tuesday. I'm Chicago sorry. Tuesday and L.A. Dallas play on Wednesday. There you go. Four teams with Open Cup matches left. So make sure that you pay attention to who gets the minutes in those because oftentimes we've seen that players that play 90 minutes in those matches do get rotated on the weekend. Yeah, and a, and a com got subbed out, I want to say right after halftime at the RSL game, to be arrested for the Open Cup match. So, Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah, we should have mentioned that a little bit earlier. This is the semis of the Open Cup, and then the finals are going to be during round 30. So keep an eye on that. All right, excellent picks. Uh, moving on to midfield, uh, one of our favorite Columbus players is finally back into the fray. Uh, what do you all think about Higuain? Uh, they have no buys coming up this week. He seems to be healthy, and they're going to be playing against New York City FC. Mike's team at home this weekend. You guys, sorry, Mike, you usually give up some points to midfielders. Um, do you guys think that he's worth adding this round, maybe even Ola Kamara? Not Federico, but Ola, which we'll go over in the forward picks. But Iguain is great, but uh, he's played 20 minutes against Orlando, 66 minutes against Toronto with a cumulative score of three points. He's still easing himself back in. Um, I still wouldn't touch him for at least another week. Yeah, I think he's just too expensive for me to grab him. He was decently consistent for a stretch there in the middle of the season, but other than that, he's kind of... He, his age is starting to show, I'll say. Yeah, I think that's about right. I, I mean, at, at that price, there's just too many better options in midfield. Um, even if Higuain has a good matchup this week. Um, plus, with his injuries, I think he's probably a rotation risk in week 25 anyway. So I don't think he's going to help you that much more than um, some of the other midfielders you can pick up. So we've touched on a little bit of this next question. You guys are welcome to rehash it again into some more detail this time and bring up more people, but which summer transfer window additions do you guys think are going to have the most impact on the rest of the season? Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, I think that uh, Lodero, or is that how you say his name? Lo Lodero. Ladero from Seattle. I mean, from what I've seen and what I've heard, he seems to really uh, be, uh, you know, a supreme playmaker there in Seattle. Um, you know, possibly Bedoya. I don't really know how he's going to fit in, um, but I, I still think it's a little too early to tell. But like I said, from what from what I've seen and from what I've heard from everybody, Ladero seems to be the obvious pick, but uh, 
So obvious, he's already in my team. <laughs> but but at the same time, I still think that in the midfield, I feel that this year there's so many good options in midfield. I mean, Kluschen, Valeri, uh, Piatti, Diaz, Kaká, Molino. Uh, I mean, there's Gerard, Alonso. I mean, there's Win. There's so many different players at so, so many different price points that are good. Um, it's kind of a midfield overload. But if you take a punt like Andrew did, pays off with eight points. Yeah, I think the Seattle move is probably the biggest, just because if it if it really does unlock Clint Dempsey again and turns them into a, a decent offense, I mean they're probably too far back out of the playoff picture. But as far as for fantasy, that that's going to be a really good option, not only for Ladero himself, but also for Morris and for uh, Clint Dempsey. Um, we talked about Bedoya. The, the other ones I'm interested in is the DC's moves, picking up Iguanike from Chicago and picking up Patrick Mullins from New York City. Two players who have been pretty good with um, either in bad situations because of not being playing time or because you know they're, they're on a bad team. If they can gel and create uh, offense, both of those are generally underpriced midfielders for for what their potential is. Uh, Mullins at 6.8. Um, so I'd be really interested to see what, what DC does because DC actually has a pretty decent schedule. I think they have a lot of home games left. So um, if that does work out, I think that could have a, a big effect. I have to say I uh, agree with with you, Mike, about that about uh, about Mullins. I think he's going to be one good one to to really keep watching. Especially at that price point. I mean, you oh, yeah. just can't find a starting forward for that cheap. And and I have to say I'm I'm on the Ladero train uh, and I'm going to let you just take this home Andrew to talk about about him and anyone else you want to throw in there, but Andrew was talking about him on Twitter right after the first game and even in the last podcast I was saying I I don't know he's new had a good game I'm going to step back and see how this works and then Andrew started talking to me about some stuff that he'd seen and I went back watched the condensed version of the game. And, and I was converted, so Andrew, you can just take it home from here. Um, yeah, so basically he's got a really good work rate for number 10. He puts in an honest shift defensively, so he's going to get the odd defensive bonus point. He's involved in pretty much absolutely everything that Seattle does going forward in the two games that he's played, and this was without even playing with these guys before in his life never played on turf before, and he the weight of his passes on turf, it's just perfect, and what it does is it actually allows us to play through the center of the midfield, which lets Morris just run in behind all day like he did against Orlando, and creates a ridiculous amount of chances via that. Um, so we've, we've seen Seattle go up against two very different styled defenses since Ladero's come over in L.A., who sits back a lot more, especially on the road, and then Orlando, who plays a little bit higher and more aggressive. And Ladero tore both of them apart. So I'm, I'm so high on him. And as a result, I think it makes Morris, especially, a legit option for us now because he, all he has to do when Ladero has the ball, he just makes a diagonal run. And it's either a chance on goal for Morris, or he can just lay it off for somebody else, like he did for the rest of the team all day against Orlando. Um, so I am very high on the Sounders. 
for fantasy in attack at least. Um, a couple other guys that I'm monitoring, um, not new guys to the league, but guys that might have improved situations because of guys leaving their team, is Alvarez from Chicago. Um, with Igbo gone, he he seems to be playing that right wing role, um, and he's somebody that I like a lot. In as just as a player, he's creative and. I think he'll get some good cross and key pass bonus points going forward. Uh, Mullins I'm big on. Um, Maidana, I think if he really has locked down that starter role with Giles Barnes being shipped out, he's somebody that has produced very, very well in the past. Mm -hmm. um, so he's another one to keep an eye on. Um, and then the other big one for me is Hollingshead for Dallas. Um, it, he started in Castillo's spot up at left wing, um, and he's played there a couple times throughout the career, and he's got a couple goals while playing as a winger. Um, so he's he's another cheaper midfield option that could pan out pretty well going forward. He's pretty much a jack-of-all-trades, too. He really is. You know, one name that I'm going to throw out there, and, and I don't really think he's going to be game-changing, but... I get a bit of amusement from him being in the fray. Now is uh, Stephen Taylor up at Portland, so I don't, I, I don't know. I'm just I'm interested in seeing how that how that plays out for Portland since they've had some uh, struggles with injuries in, in the back. So, but again, he's 8.5. Not somebody you're probably going to want to look at, but I'm interested in seeing him play. So, Stephen Taylor. I like that. I hope everyone got some good suggestions from there. I still think that Ladero is probably head above everybody else for, for the one that's probably the most likely to make an impact going forward. Even if you don't agree with us, Jason, I still think so. Well, Forget maybe I'll bring him in my squad then. We'll see. They're eating crow. Serious gifs will happen on Twitter when you do that. Uh, but enough about that. Who are you guys picking for midfielders for this round? Yeah, so I got the stash, Stevie G, Diaz, Porales, and for you guys, Ladero. <laughs> Flattering us. Um, I have uh, Stevie G, Sasha, Valeri, and uh, Ladero. So can I talk about Valeri here for a second, um, yeah. since you just mentioned him? So Portland played a 4-4-2 this week for however long before Chara got sent off. Um, and Valeri was playing out at right wing, right midfield, and he has never really had a good fantasy game when he's played out wide. Um, he's very much more of a central player, and just his passing charts and numbers, how involved he was this game, were abysmal. So he might fall off of my must-own list um, if he keeps playing out right instead of through the middle. Um, so moving on to my picks, I've got Gerard, Question, Ladero, and I'm going to monitor to see if how much time Diaz plays um, in the Open Cup game. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Some very usual suspects there with Ladero all around for everyone. On to the forwards. Guys, is it time to sell Keen? Three blanks in the last four weeks with Colorado coming up next and two road games after that. 
Absolutely not. Um, first and foremost, if you have an extra transfer to spend, spend it somewhere else. LA doesn't have a buy. Um, so for me, my LA players are staying in my lineup regardless um, of form, unless they get injured. Um, you know, Keen, Keen's that type of player that, you know, in week si 16 he had 7 points, 7 points, 1 point, 8 point, and then a 2 and a 2. Uh, they do play at home against Colorado, but Colorado shows that they can be beaten. Um, then they play away at New York City FC, which we all know Mike has a garbage defense. And away at Chicago, which also um, destroyed their defense in Chicago. I mean, their defense is decent, but I still think that L.A. will put up some good numbers. Um, I don't think you sell them. I think you keep them. Uh, I think there's other needs that will be addressed or that should be addressed with the, uh, with the buys coming up. Okay, first of all, I just want to set the record straight. Josh Saunders is tied for third as leader of clean sheets. So, <laughs> Does that say more for Josh Saunders or more about the lack of clean sheets? I think it says more about the fact that Zach McMath and Brian Rowe and Charlie Sites, Sites for Dallas. Is it Charlie? I don't know. But Sites for Dallas haven't played all the games. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, no, don't sell Keen. I mean, think about the tr – I mean, we just talked about looking at those six teams that don't have buys in 25 and 27. Their forward options are not good. Keen is the best forward, I mean, other than Ola Kamara in that group. So, you know, otherwise you're just doing a rotation of with other forwards, and I think, you know, you want a good forward who you don't have to waste a transfer on. So, yeah, you keep Keen. Chris Sykes. I am super conflicted about this. He's on a home game, but I really, really, really want to sell him. <laughs> Ooh, do you break your rule? I might. I, I don't think I have to this time, but I'm strongly considering it, and it's a combination of a week schedule for the next couple weeks, and also Keen is not a pure number nine, and so without... Giassi Zardes there, Keen just generally does not perform up to his standards when he's given a little bit more of a role underneath a more target forward that's willing to occupy the center backs. Well, but Giassi Zardes should be coming back soon. You'd hope so, <laughs> if you hold on to Keen. But with the Bruce and his... Injury reporting, you never know. I mean, how I long can you really be out with a chest muscle strain? I hope you get rid of him and he gets a hat trick. <laughs> I, I may just have to captain him just for you. No, that's a mistake. <laughs> yeah, probably Always a really big mistake. Geo. <laughs> Always captain Geo. All right, next question. Speaking of Geo, I, I like this question because I do feel like it it falls into the center of a statistical fallacy, and so I'm really happy Andrew's here tonight. Uh, the question verbatim is, statistically, Giovinco's chances of scoring keep going down with every goal. Will it last? Now, I don't know if he means the scoring or the quote-unquote statistical chances of his scoring going down, but Andrew? 
Um, yeah, I'm not really sure exactly which this questioner intended this to be asked. Um, if, if we're talking about just, like, the concept of someone being due, I think is a bunch of baloney. Because um, e each game is completely an independent variable from one another. And, I mean, form is a thing to a very small extent. But if you're in form, your chances of going out of form for whatever statistical nonsense somebody thinks I, I don't even I don't even know how to address this. Um, basically it's a gambler's fallacy, I think is yeah. what it's officially called. Mike, was that you just said yeah? Uh Reed was saying yeah, but I, I was Reed? yeah, I was laughing too. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of like within an individual game, if Geo scores a goal, do the chances of him to keep scoring more goals go down? I think it depends on when the first goal is scored. Um, if it's an early goal, I think the chances of scoring another goal go way up. And if it's a late goal, I think then Toronto bunkers a little bit more. Um, so I'm not sure if that was the direction the question was meant to be taken or not. But anyway, um, in, in short, no. <laughs> They're all completely independent events. And it doesn't matter if you flip a coin and get tails like 100 times in a row. The chance of you getting tails the next time is still just 50%. So you're yeah. saying there's a chance. <laughs> there's a chance, yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't... I don't know why you would think there, there's going to be a regression necessarily. I think Andrew pretty much addressed it. I mean, his expected goals uh, are still pretty high right now. Um, I mean, it hasn't been updated in a while, but he had almost 10 expected goals, which was one of the highest numbers in the league um, back when it was done. Um, so, yeah, you, you want to – I wouldn't drop him just because he scored a whole bunch of goals, and so obviously he has to drop off. Now – if you want to say, I want to drop him because he's going at Houston, and Houston is a team that's playing for a nil-nil draw, and that's not the type of game that Toronto succeeds at, I could understand that. I still wouldn't drop him because he has a he doesn't have a buy-in for 27. But I think his chances of scoring go down because he's on the road for the next three weeks, and he plays a very strong defensive team next week. Well, let's not get carried away with very strong defensive team. Middle of the pack. Uh, they've been pretty strong since they fired their coach. Yeah. So if we're speaking statistics, uh, Giovinco is statistically the best player in MLS the past two seasons for fantasy. Um, Giovinco is statistically the most prolific goal scorer in the past two seasons. Giovinco will statistically probably win the Golden Boot again. I'm not going to give up on Giovinco because some possible statistics states that his goals are going to go down um, with every goal he makes. Um, I would love to see where you got that statistic. Um, and it's Giovinco. He's human. It may not last forever, but... I mean, it's lasted almost two seasons, so I'm going to continue to ride that train as hard as I possibly can. Um, yeah, he plays Houston, Philly, Orlando, and Montreal, but it's 
Sebastian Giovinco and the fact that Josie Altidore is back and he's been on a tear. Statistically, Giovinco plays better with Josie on the pitch and Josie's back, so I'm going to take my chances and keep Giovinco. But hey, man, go ahead, drop Giovinco. I believe in you. And on Houston, um, the Dynamo haven't given up more than one goal in the past six matches, and that includes a trip to the LA Galaxy and a trip to Orlando uh, and a trip to Montreal. So against Piotti, Keane, uh, Kyle Laren, they were able to hold their own. So uh, at least under Wade Barrett, they've done really well making games low-scoring, low opportunities. So um, and their defense has been pretty strong under Barrett. And also, Giovinco, the lowest game he's scored away has been four points that he's played a full 90 minutes. Um, so I would still, I mean, that's still probably better than most of the other forwards are going to score. So I'll keep Gio. And to be fair, there's, I don't think there is a statistic that's pointing to this. It, it is what, what Andrew was saying, the, the gambler's fallacy, which is just the idea that the, the more often something happens within a set period of time, which may make it seem odd, uh, or, or in reverse, the less often if something happens, then you believe the opposite has a better chance of happening as, as if there's some way of bringing balance to nature or something like that. Um, I don't think I would call soccer a situation where things are truly random that you would have the same 50-50% chance like Andrew was talking about with flipping a coin, but there are definitely elements that factor in the soccer which are going to make this less uh, likely to be the situation and really reinforce that fallacy element to it. So uh, he can keep scoring as far as I'm concerned. That's that's great. I'll still make him a captain. Do I think he's going to get another hat trick? No, but um, I'm happy to have a 50-point captain any day of the week, no problem. If Dempsey can get a hat trick, Givingo can get another one. True. I would. Just for that, uh... Dempsey is going to score a hat trick against you guys this weekend. <laughs> uh, but but this, is, but this is the thing too. Givingo scored a hat trick in game week 20, and then scored another hat trick a hat trick three weeks later. So in a span of I mean four weeks, he scored seven goals and had three assists with two clean sheets. He did have a, I believe it was a stretch of, was it eight or nine games where he didn't score? Um, but he still assisted. He still got clean sheets. So, I mean, it's Giovinco, and, and, and this is the thing, too. Giovinco is owned by 69.6% of managers. You don't want to be on the wrong end of that. Like, I try to be cheeky and not <laughs> captain him on the hat trick, his lot, not this week, but the week before, or the... Uh, three games before that, and I and I, I paid for it, so that's right. He had a he had a nice run of games where he didn't score anything. I and I believe Josie Altador was also not playing during exactly. that time. Uh, well, that's just a can of worms we don't want to open up. Uh, but right now, Gio is sitting on 15 goals, and he is the current Golden Boot holder right now. So a force to be reckoned with. But a lot of forward talk. Who are you guys going with for forwards? I am going with Jordan Morris as my number one pick for this week. And then oh, I'm going with Kamara Kamara. Double Kamaras. Two, two Kamaras. Two Kamaras. Yes. I'm going to go with Giovinco and just one Kamara. Ola Kamara. 
I like that uh, second um, Kamara pick, Andrew. I was actually thinking about that too, but my, my picks this week are going to be Ola Kamara, Keen, and Giovinco. All right, we've got, we got OK and KK. Good call. And finally, guys, who are your must-have players and, more importantly, your captain for this round? I think a must-have player this week, uh, I'm going to go at each position. Rowe, Steris, Question, I think is a must-have this week at home. And then as a forward, I still think uh, Giovinco and Keen are must-haves this week. I think I and my, cap- oh, and my captain is going to be the Atomic Ant. I think I agree with mo- most of Jay's must-haves, um, but I would add Ola Kamara at home against New York City, and I would make my captain Ola Kamara. Ooh. Wow. I like it. For me, the only must-have is Ladero. <laughs> and is he going to be your captain? Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> Already set. For for serious? Yeah, for realsies, bro. For realsies. Dude. <laughs> for realsies. I like it. I like the diversity going on here. I look forward to getting some uh, some picks from Travis or Guy or Simon to see how they flush out the chalkboard with our picks. Uh, speaking of chalkboard, I hope you guys like all the picks that guys have gotten here. We will post these on the MLSFI Twitter account in our chalkboard closer to game time, and I'll try to get some more picks from the guys who aren't on the show this week to help give you some more options. So thanks for all the kind feedback about that graphic. I'm glad everyone likes it, but I'm not going to post it earlier because I want you to listen to the podcast, which I know at this point you're already listening, but that's why. That's why. Community time, fun time, one of my favorite times. The r slash fantasy MLS top scorer for this round goes to Andrew Koganov, which I butchered and oddly sounds familiar, so maybe you've won before, uh, of the team Intelligent Change. And he had 154 points, which was just six from the top overall score. So well done, Andrew. Well done. That's an awesome score. And uh, he went heavy with the double game week this time. So I know we talked bad about it. It's strange how these early double game weeks where we had half the teams playing on double games gave us these pitiful scores and then we got two teams playing and guys are getting 154 points. So now, let's be let's be fair, a third of his points came from Geo. So there's, there's that. But well done. Well done. Good job. And now it's time for the R slash fantasy Oh, no, that was the last one. Now it's time for the MLSFI Head-to-Head League, which is always fun and where we can all talk about our scores for the round, which we did not at the top of the show. So big game for me this week. I went up against Fantasy Football 24-7, and no big surprise with the steamroller they've been this season. I lost. Uh, Now, for me, a lot of that, I ended up taking two zeros this round because Molino did not play and Ramos from Chicago did not play, which was a bummer for me. Uh, Now, Fantasy Football 24-7 also had Molino, so I don't think I would have won regardless of what happened with the way that Chicago played, but it did not help having some zeros there. So I lost 120-104, to but I was happy to break 
the 100-point uh, mark, but I got all red arrows, so disappointing times, disappointing times. Only the rich had green arrows this week. Uh, next, we had uh, two more of our players. Mike went up against Jason. Mike, would you like to take this? Yeah, sure. Um, Jay uh, won. Um, you know, as opposed to last time, uh, this time his captain outscored his team for the last matchup we had. Yes! So it was really nice for him. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, it was a good time to remember the 44 and to kind of memorialize that uh, until the yes. next time. It would have been fitting if I had one 44. That would have been much better. But, you know, Mike Mike had 125, I had 138. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Mike and I both had, uh, you know, two out of the top four scores in the league. So if Mike was playing probably any other team, he would have won. Uh, but either way, Mike, great game. High five. High five. And uh, next we had Travis that was up against Mr. Guy Sanchez, and Travis did very well. Uh, he got 132 points, and Guy got 92, so some very respectable scores. I imagine Travis got green arrows, and Guy probably fell. Uh, then we had Ivan the Terrible up against Older Goaler, and Older Goaler came through with 121 points to 107. Yeah, buddy. Suck it, England. <laughs> You're going to get a tweet sent at you, apparently. Yes, now. I am. Yes, you are. Uh, and then, uh, Andrew, you beat the taco. Woo. <laughs> nice, with a nice score, 108 points. Very, very good to 69. Uh, so a good score. Even you had Ladero, right? That's a rhetorical question. A rhetorical uh, question. Ah, ah funny, there? funny. Uh, and then our final game was uh, Ben Bear versus Simon, and Simon lost to to Ben from MLS one twenty seven to one sixteen, and Simon continues his plummet down the rankings. So yes, folks, he is human, and when he comes back next week, maybe he'll be mad at us for saying things like that while he was gone. But he's he, gallivanting around Europe, so he deserves it. Yeah, he's too busy macking on his honey out in like Croatia or something like that right now. <laughs> So that is the recap from round 22 for the MLS FI head-to-head league. Coming up in round 23, I am taking on Older Goaler. Guy is taking on Andrew. Jason's taking on Simon. Ooh, that'd be fun Suck it, week. Simon. <laughs> uh, Fantasy Football 24-7 is going up against Ben Bear from MLS. Mike, you are taking on my buddy Steve the Taco. Congrats on your win. Hey, don't say that. I lost the taco last time around. <laughs> I was trying oh. to redemption. This is redemption here, what? man. Jinx me. No. Okay, no. Oh, 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 oh. okay. Is is losing to the taco worse than getting a forty-four in a double game week? I mean, this guy I don't think has changed. No. This guy, hey, no. hey, this guy hasn't changed his team since like game week four. Yeah. No, he changed it that week. Like he had like I don't remember what the week was, but oh, no, it was the week like Houston players like got a clean sheet, so he had like. All these clean sheets, and it was a low-scoring round. Oh yeah, yeah. This dude hasn't changed his. Yeah, he he's got Clark, Steris, Campbell, Parker, Fagundes, Maidana, Wenger, Kokix, Geo, Aduro, Bruin, McCarty, Sapong, Figueroa, Harrison, Irwin. Yeah, Mike. I love it. I love it. I love it so much. Uh, he's gone all in with our uh, fantasy Premier League team. He spent hours working on his team, so we'll see how that goes with that head-to-head -head league. Uh, and then the final game is going to be Travis versus Ivan the Terrible from Fantasy Football First. So some good matches coming up. Look forward to seeing how those turn out. And finally, uh, plugs. Guys, anything you want to talk about before we exit? 
Uh, yeah, my punts. Um, they'll be coming out the day before game day. Uh, so pretty much, pretty much every Friday or the morning of double game weeks. Check them out, MLSFantasyBoss.com. Hey, I got somebody that you should uh, look into for that punt article this week. Yeah, yeah. You know, Molino's <laughs> been injured, so I probably won't put him in. Uh, <laughs> I know. See, this is the thing though with Ladero, fantastic. I love the 1.4% ownership. Seems great. But now that we've been talking about him nonstop, like everybody who listens is probably going to pick him up. That's. And I just want to mention one thing. Um, the week that I lost to the Taco, the Taco scored 61 points. That same week, uh, one Jason Wichkovich scored 54 points. So. Hey, 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 see, this is the thing, though. It doesn't matter because I'm in third place in our in our head-to-head league uh, with uh, 1,742 points, and Simon's in fourth with 1,824. So, hey, man, any given Saturday. So head-to-head is where it's at. Uh, speaking of head-to-heads, I am looking forward to uh, participating in the r slash fantasy MLS EPL head-to-head leagues that we have going. Uh, this is the first time it's happened, and if you're hearing about this now, it's too late. So if you're in it, I hope you're going to have some fun. We have five head-to-head leagues that have been made from guys from r slash fantasy MLS and a few guys from r slash fantasy Premier League, uh, just fantasy PL, if you're looking for that subreddit. And it's just just head-to-head. We're going to have some fun. Uh, it's just 10-man leagues, so I'm really digging the head-to-head, and I hope that's going to have some fun. There's a chance we may have a few more slots opening up, depending on what it looks like. Uh, both Mike, Jason, and I are in charge of a league, as well as a couple other guys that uh, aren't with us right now. Um, Older Goaler is one of them as well. So we're going to be doing that, and I hope that's a lot of fun for everyone who's listening who is also participating in that. Uh, besides that, uh, Andrew, are you going to have an article this week, or are you still working on work? Um, we'll, we'll see. The last couple times I've actually looked at something, I've come out with basically a whole pile of, oh, this data doesn't mean anything. <laughs> That's right. It, it happens. So Andrew may have an article. If not, we always appreciate the hard work that he does to give us good quality statistics. But check out all the articles over at MLSFantasyBoss.com that are going to be popping up throughout the week with charts and player picks and all sorts of fun stuff. So keep it on your radar. Check out r slash MLS for the discussion. That will pop up there. And finally, good luck. <laughs>